It's finally spring, and I'm saying goodbye snow, hello adventure. And during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event, you can get epic deals on your favorite Honda model. Ready to get rugged? Then take the off-road in an all-wheel drive Honda SUV, like the CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, or redesigned Ridgeline. Want to take a spring road trip? Then check out a fuel-efficient turbocharged Civic or Accord. Say goodbye to winter and hello to a new Honda. Don't miss huge savings during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event. Now at your local Honda dealer. Welcome, everybody, back to the Believe in NXT podcast. It is I, your host, Jacob Lawrence. Like always, my boy Cedric Welton is riding shotgun with me. We're back. We're here. It's Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, whenever you're listening to this. We're in our normal spot, so that means one thing. We're here. We're recapping this week's NXT. It's a little light on actual matches, but it was very heavy on significance. Because this night set up a lot of things that will probably carry us through the summer if they execute this properly, at least through, I say, May. And we're going to get into that in a second. But before I do, said, how you doing today, man? I am solid. I'm actually excited to talk about this, um, this entire show. Like Jacob said, very light on the matches. In fact, I think we only had three. But the impact behind these matches and what it sets up for anything down the road in the future is – is is has great magnitude um so we got a lot to discuss oh we definitely do uh to borrow a line from drake might look light but it's heavy though and that describes this week's nxt perfectly i was done in true moral and Allo fashion and now i am disgusted <laughs> <Yeah>. by <you. laughs> i am disgusted that you just did that hey man i'm getting it in i learned from you wow that <laughs> I did not expect to hear a pop culture reference today. Now I got to prepare myself for that. <laughs> hey, I mean, if you're going to throw in a gender and a mojo and a Kelly Kelly reference and everything else, I got to switch it off. You know, man, that, that, that just hurt. That hurt. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a drink bar of all bars too. Mm-hmm. Man. Wow. <sighs> I'm going to have to let that one digest a little bit. I got to really let that one digest. Keep you on your toes, man. I didn't know his name was Jacob Pernalo, y'all. I I really didn't know. I think – let me say this. If he's going to do that, I will cease all the references that I previously did because I don't think I can take that every every podcast. I don't I don't think I can deal with that. That 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 just like made like something crawl down my spine and it no. We're not doing that. Oh man. 
it just no. I was so hyped by the return of Morrow to commentary this week because after he who shall not be named had me watching NXT on mute last week, I was finally glad that I could watch this and get the full experience. Talking about Sam Roberts. And um, I'm going to veto that remark because I thought Sam, for all the everything that he was annoying at, or and which is most things, but he was fire on commentary last week. I'll, I'll, I'll take that. I'll take the annoying, snarky uh, remarks being a mark, all that on commentary, because he he's dropping bars too. He's dropping some bars. Can't even hate. Can you imagine a show with just Sam Roberts and just Morrow together? Like that's it. No Nigel. Do, no Beth. If you're looking at guys that can kind of pull off that kind of that that back those backhanded comments, give me give me Sam and Corey Graves one time. Uh, yeah, that'd be that'd be interesting. I could probably get through about half a show of that. But give me Morrow and Sam, and Twitter might implode. Wrestling Twitter might lose their shit because they both hate both of them. Probably, I wouldn't say wrestling Twitter hates Morrow though. They they love Morrow. Like I, I think Morrow yeah. is beloved by everybody, but I think Black Twitter is is fed up. Yeah, they say Morrow overdoes it, especially the black side of wrestling Twitter. Like, Black Twitter is super fed up with it. They like, hey, <laughs> we don't got to do it. Like, you, you don't got to do it back to back to back. We get it. Yeah, man, I kind of enjoy it, to be honest with you, though. I'm also so used to watching him call fights. Same. I was just you, – you read my mind when you said that because Marl is so great at calling boxing bouts that when he reverts over to the WWE side and he, like, gets all – I don't want to – corny if you would because i can't think of anything else to say it like really throws me off it's like he gets in his bag but he has to make it fit like he tries to shoehorn too much in yeah it's it's like he's trying to fit it's like it's like he's trying to fit in and it's like we like i respect you man you don't got to do that like you're the bipolar rock and roller we we love you and respect you you already invited to the cookout man you don't you don't gotta do none of that Definitely, like one of the best voices for wrestling of this generation. Yeah, your plate is already made, my man. You don't got to you don't got to do no extra favors. Nope. Well, speaking of doing favors and anything else, let's go ahead and just get into this women's ladder match. How about it? Let's talk about it. I'm actually uh, watching it again right now, um, just because I want to see some more of the spots in this ladder match. But six very deserving women, <laughs> we'll say. We'll say. Um, with one notable one missing, which we'll talk about that a little bit later. But I thought the ladder match was done very well. It painted a picture like everybody had their moments. Of course, um, we talked about last week who we thought would win. And, like, I'm looking at Dakota Kai get her spots right now. Of course, she had her hitter in, in the background with uh, Raquel Gonzalez. And Raquel played a played pretty solid role in the match and whatnot. But I was glad that everybody got their, their spots in this match. What do you think? Yeah, definitely. Uh, Raquel even got her spots in. I'm just watching it now, too. And I saw where she was pushing Eel off the ladder. Eel turned that into a crossbody plancha. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Raquel, t- Raquel took a table spot yeah. at the end. Uh, and then before that, my favorite Raquel spot was when she was pretty much pulling up Mia Yim by her head, like holding her up by her head. So great. Like just to see, like, oh wow, she like you. You want to be the big strong character? Let's let's see what you got. That was dope. Like I'm getting China vibes from her. That's very high praise. 
extremely high praise. But that that'd be cool if she can live up to that. Just like in the physicality and the sense of the physical things that she can do, it reminds me of China. And she also kind of looks like her with them throwing her in the all black, which I don't think is by mistake. I still think she looks like like buff Sonya Deville, and it's I mean, like she, I'm seeing yeah. how big she is. Like wow, I'm just really impressed. Yeah, but like the size just reminds me of like China, the physical strings, China. Yeah. So that's the ceiling for Raquel Gonzalez is China. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, but she can get a, near it. Very high ceiling. It's yeah, I don't think she'll ceiling. hit it, but if she gets near it, that's fine. I think um, one of one of my other side endeavors is after Buzz TV. I was looking at one of these things they do called uh, Hall of Fame snubs, and they were talking about China, and it's easy to forget because people. God rest her soul. Um, people forget like what she accomplished in the ring because of her endeavors outside of it. Like not only just the um, the titles in the women's division, but two intercontinental title reigns. She had a rumble appearance. Yeah, and like when's next? Who else can you say that about? Because what titles are in the men's division are the women winning at this current state in uh, the wrestling world? Probably just the twenty four seven title. Yeah, which had Medusa and a few others win it. Yeah, so here you are with one of the pioneers of women's wrestling with two intercontinental title reigns. It's like, come on. Come on. Like, that's... You want to say that's GOAT status, but for all the things going on, you don't. And you put your status in that um, in that bucket first. Although I say no China, no Trish, no Lita. If you didn't have China and Jackie and Ivory, yeah, I don't think we would have got the Trish and the Lita's because we were going to get those brown panty and the bikini matches and the mud matches regardless at that time. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I don't think we would have got the Trish and the Lita's. That's true. Very true. All that to say, Raquel Gonzalez, ride this Dakota Kai thing out. Go solo. And let's see how far you can take it. Go diesel to her HBK. I like that. Good. That's a better comparison. I like that comparison a little bit better. Um, so what you looking through the match, and I thought we were going to have no commercials here, but I got commercials on the network, so interesting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> some things I noticed. Um, we had our moments where, of course, everybody hates Dakota Kai. Those, that was going to happen in the match. We had a bunch of big spots um, with all the ladies. We saw Candice LeRae and Tegan come at odds when climbing the ladder a little bit. It seemed like the match was setting it up for Kai to win, don't you think, early yeah, on? It does, and especially early on, there were a couple other spots toward the end where I was like, oh, they might give this to Dakota Kai. Give us the good payoff for the heel turn. Yeah. Piss you off in the process? No, I think that would be. I actually was an advocate. If Dakota Kai would have won this match, I'd have been an advocate because then it makes sense. Uh, but that would the trajectory of her. It's we can't say it right now, but if she was going to face the previous NXT Women's Champion, then that makes perfect sense. Another thing I noticed is that I think Chelsea Green had her spots, but then got hurt, so she was out of the of a bulk of the match, which is very disappointing. I think she had the most to gain uh, from this match. Yeah, I can't tell if that was a legit injury or if she sold it that well. 
And of yeah. course, they put her on the NXT injury report, but again, that report is like half legit, half kayfabe. Right. Right, half legit. And then I think I just saw when they did the spot in the injury when her leg got caught into the ladder, and then she's effectively going to be out of the match for the most part. Now, one thing that annoys me, and I hate that I'm about to use this name on this podcast. I swear I'll never do it again. There's a moment at the end of the match later on where Robert Stone climbs to the top of the ladder. Yep. And he's trying to help Chelsea Green get up the ladder. Uh huh. Why he didn't just grab that damn briefcase, James Ellsworth like, makes no sense. All right. So I was watching that and I thought of that. And I had a feeling you were going to bring that up. That's the exact damn reason why he didn't grab it. Because remember when you had the first women's ladder match on SmackDown and Ellsworth scurried his little naked mole rat looking ass up the ladder? It was the first women's Money in the Bank ladder match, yeah. Yep. And it's like it fell flat because you had a man grab the briefcase. Exactly. So they had to do it twice. And Carmella exactly. wanted it again. So all that heat and everything that they caught, that's why they didn't do it. I, I feel that. I feel that. They 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 learn from the past mistakes, but at the same time, you can win the match that way. It doesn't matter. We we've already crossed that bridge. If he's up there, he just hands his client the contract. And you know what? The Robert Stone brand has so much heat on it because Chelsea Green was gifted the title. At, at this point, we've seen so many women's ladder matches, it shouldn't matter. We we get it. But he could have easily grabbed the briefcase and the, and he got the he got the loafers on with the spikes in them and the 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 ankle showing, and he climbed up the whole ladder. It didn't make sense to me. Why didn't he just grab the briefcase? Like that—that that almost ruined the entire match for me. Because it's like, come on, man, you could have just grabbed the damn briefcase yourself. We'd have been up out of here. Not saying I wanted Chelsea Green to win, but I'm saying like, you didn't have to climb up to the top. You know what I'm saying? He could have like the same thing Raquel did with Dakota Kai with carrying her on her back, he could have just rolled her up on his back up the ladder or something like that. Yeah, he could have just threw her on his shoulders and stepped up, but nah, not only did he climb up the ladder, he scurried up that ladder. Yeah, got there with some, with some speed. Got there with some speed just to like, just to not do anything. Pretty damn much. But you know what else annoys me? And I thought you were going here for a second. Tegan Knox and that Kane choke slam drives me crazy. <laughs> Not buying it. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's because she's like a buck seventy soaking wet. I don't know. If she she's one seventy. I'd be pretty impressive. I don't know. If she's one seventy. I was being polite. I it's just something about it. I think Raquel might be one seventy. Raquel's a smooth 215, 210. Raquel is not to her pals. All right. You know what? I'm going to just stop us now before we go down this slippery slope. I refuse to believe Raquel Gonzalez weighs more than me. No. Not going this there. Is, this is no. what's going to get us canceled if we continue to go down this slope. <laughs> that's, that, that's not what we're going to do. But, yeah, we don't got to go down that slope. By the way, you, you, you're no her choke slams. So, I'm guessing you didn't like when the Hurricane Shane Holmes just do choke slams. That's what it is. That's exactly what bothers me. <laughs> because it's not so much that it's a cane choke slam, it's the fact that it looks like the hurricane's choke slam. Hurricane's choke slam just be dope, man. I loved it. 
Oh, I loved them too. And they fit for his character. Maybe they'll grow me, but I don't know. It's just something about them. I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Maybe they'll grow on you. You got to see some more Tegan Knox see. And right now I'm watching Robert Stone scurry up that ladder. Get almost, get pretty much to the top just to say, Chelsea, come up. Come up. When he could have just grabbed the briefcase. He could just grab the briefcase. And this lets you guys know that we're getting to the finish of the match where we see the eventual uh, briefcase grabber after some back and forth between her and Candice LeRae. And it's pretty much the outcome that we both wanted to happen but didn't want to happen at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) And now, like, I don't know what we're going to get, but all that to say, your winner is Io Shirai. Um, And it couldn't be a more deserving number one contender to win pretty much one of NXT's – versions of money in the bank and now she goes on to face charlotte flair which should be a great match we don't normally get to see hill versus hill a lot of times um i don't know do you feel like this is a scenario where eo is getting fed to charlotte or charlotte is going to work more of an nxt style um i'll see i'm torn on this because I could see Eel being fed to Charlotte by the old adage of the first the first feud after a champion wins is that feud to prove that you belong here. Right. But it's like Charlotte, sorry, won this title before. She has like 11 title reigns on the main roster. Mm-hmm. Blah, 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 blase, blase. We get it. She's a flair. So it's like, yes, but no, I don't think they're going to feed their best in-ring talent and uh, arguably their second biggest star. Second, third biggest women's star now that Charlotte's down there. I don't think they're going to feed her. I think this will have some legs, largely in part to coronavirus. Okay. So we should be able to drag this out to SummerSlam. The only thing that I'm worried about is the build because EO doesn't speak English or doesn't speak English that well, to my knowledge. Maybe not in character. Yeah, I haven't heard her speak any English. Whereas it's like with Asuka, everybody knows Asuka speaks perfectly fine English. Right. I think Kyrie Zay can speak perfectly fine English as well. They just are just character. Japanese assholes. I mean, when you look at this on paper, the match has to go. The match got to be a banger. 100%. Because EO is going to be able to do some high-flying stuff, some stuff. When you think about – when I think about this match, it makes me think of Charlotte's best work, which is when she fused with Sasha Banks, somebody that's kind of smaller than her, speedster, if you would. But EO does some things that Sasha Banks doesn't with the high-flying and the drop kicks and things like that, where you can see – Dare I say I can see Charlotte sell a little bit better to an Io Shirai? Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Although, here's my one concern with this match. Charlotte Flair's knees might not survive this feud. Because mm. she's going to want to do that moonsault multiple times. And luckily, I know EO will catch her every time, but I just feel like she's going to blow her knees out doing a moonsault. I hope I hope they don't. I hope this isn't like a – and they they talked about this on Wednesday nights. Like, 
like who has the best moonsault? I hope it's not one of those corny things. I don't want to see that. Let's just let them go in the ring, <laughs> do some spots, who who works best and stuff like that. But not, it's like it shouldn't be like who has the best moonsault. It's not even Charlotte's finisher. It has nothing to do with her character. No, I, it really should just be a simple let them go. Luckily, this is going to be or should be an NXT produced match on an NXT TV show or on an NXT takeover. So that means they're going to get a smooth 20 minutes to just cook if you do this properly. And boy, I am going to be glued to my seat for that. Even though I feel like depending upon when this match takes place, EO will probably end up taking the L. But I hope they can back. I'll play devil's advocate here. If EO, because you got to look at the NXT landscape and this is all ran by hunter yep so hunter's superstar is obviously io shirai he's been building io shirai in the fashion that he wants to since her heel turn what if this is to put over io shirai as the next dominant force on nxt like shana baszler and this has her going over charlotte so charlotte can go on to do other things because i mean when you look and charlotte has already said that she's going to defend the title on all three brands that could very well happen but we already know, even despite everything going on with COVID-19 and uncertainty of tapings, we know there's going to be some type of draft or superstar shakeup coming here in the next month or so. Mm-hmm. That's going to happen. So it's very likely that uh, Charlotte can drop the title and maybe end it back up on SmackDown. She could. This is true. Never know. I, I would hate to see – like, I know you would hate it too. I, I would hate to see – uh, EO just go on this run and just lose to Charlotte and it's like back of the line and all this other stuff and you, you have no direction for EO and then maybe Charlotte defends an NXT title again against Ripley or somebody else on Raw or SmackDown. That wouldn't make sense to me. <laughs> yeah. But just keep it in tuck and go ahead and start talking to yourself about that being a possibility. Yeah. I want to I want to talk about the next match, but before I want to stay in the women's division real quick because we saw some uh, some returns, some some call ups, and uh, we can we can say again that Bianca Belair is officially on the Raw brand. We also saw Nia Jax return uh, to the to the Raw brand and pretty much have a squash match against Diana Perrazzo. Um, any thoughts on those? Um. I'm happy that Big Fine is back. Right call to put her on Raw versus SmackDown? (sighs) Or was she on Raw before? She was on Raw before. Okay. Uh, No. I feel like SmackDown's women division could use a nice little shot of Nia Jax. But then again, when I think about the Raw women's division, ain't ain't shit there. Like you have Shayna, you have Asuka, you have Kyrie saying, you have a very steep cliff, and at the bottom of that cliff, you have, I'm sorry, before you get to the, before you jump off the cliff, you have Ruby Riot right on the edge of the cliff. Then you jump off, and then you go into Liv Morgan, Lana, Sarah Logan, and whoever else. Like, you have Natty, Ruby Riot, and then there's another drop. So I guess... Nah, yeah, overall makes sense. It just depends upon what they do with her. 
Is she a face? Is she a heel? I can't let you disrespect Liv Morgan like that. Uh, Liv Liv been working. It's not her fault that they put her in the trash cuck gimmick and all that. Like we're obviously not doing it anymore. Liv can work, and I think uh, I saw a tweet because Liv had wrestled Oscar, and Oscar went on Twitter afterwards like Liv has improved so much. She was she was surprised after their match. Um, so I think I think with those things like we like certain people can work better than their writing suggests, but we just don't see it. And it makes me think of people like, uh, for example, a certain tag team got their release today and yes, we'll see their yes, next moves. Um, one thing that I think it was Dash, Dash Wadra said, he said, uh, Chad Gable was so amazing um, in the ring and is just seeing his progression from when they were NXT. So now it's like, it's, it's a beautiful growth. And a fan came out and said, well, he has no charisma. And Dash responded and said, just because he does have charisma, he said, just because you don't see it doesn't mean he doesn't have it. Pretty much it's like you're pigeonholed into what they, what they give you, um, which is why, which is why um, they're obviously leaving. But I think, I think Liv can work. I've always thought she was decent in the ring from NXT, but it's like we don't get to see it because the matches might be too short, don't have enough time, whatever. But – I think just the like you were saying about Jax, Riot, also Sarah Logan, Maddie, Dana Brooke. Adding Jax, Bianca Belair, and Shayna definitely makes the division a lot deeper. Yeah. All I'm saying is with the whole Liv Morgan thing, one, she just doesn't do it for me. I'm sorry. I'll let you and everybody else try to convince me of this one. You ain't seen her shoe game, man? <sighs> I'm talking about outside of the company. Her shoe game is fire. It, look. I have nothing against Liv Morgan, the person. Liv Morgan in ring, I would much rather listen to Sam Roberts' home commentary than watch a Liv Morgan match. Oh, that is disrespectful. Like, Just so we don't sidebar, I'm not going. I'm not going to address this disrespect right now because I don't want to go down the rabbit hole. But I'm 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 bookmarking this. Okay, duly noted. It's just I don't know. It's just something about it. I'll admit the match with Oscar was the best Liv Morgan match I've seen in a while. And also, I was kind of watching it like she's getting a whole lot of offense in. Interesting mm-hmm. booking of this match, but understandable. But the whole thing I was saying is, like, there's just clear cut on the raw side of, like, how good the women are and how good the women who aren't those women are. Like, you can see the big difference. Okay. That's fair. Like, Becky, great character, slightly above average in ring. Oscar. And that's sad because she used to be great in ring, but obviously switching over to the character is kind of like I think she taking that down a little bit. Partner too. That's fair. Like Becky with Oscar, flames. Becky with Charlotte, flames. Becky and Sasha, flames. Becky and uh, the Southern Belle, please put me out my misery now. Yeah. So that's what I think the Becky issue is. Maddie is always going to be great. She is a heart. She is a sure hand. She is your ace in the hole. She is the, hey, go out here and get me a solid five, ten minutes out of this person and let me know what you think of them. And she's earned it. So 
I'd love to see Natty get one last run before she, you know, transitions to whatever role. Shanna Baszler, great in ring. Oscar, great. Nia Jax is right in that, um, right below Ruby Riot, but above the rest of them. And I feel like Nia could work. It's just that she's like six foot three, something, something pounds. Yeah. So they paint her as a monster, much like they do Tamina. Exactly. And they got to change Tamina's look because she looks nothing like that. But neither here nor there. Not going down that rabbit hole. But I will say Bianca Belair definitely does give that division a little extra. Yeah, and you I and my my hope for Bianca Belair is that she just doesn't get lost in the shuffle. Of course, she's doing thing against Selena Vega and her clients now, and she's with Street Profits because her husband is Montez Ford. But she absolutely doesn't need to just get lost in the midst of that women's division because she should be feuding with somebody bigger right off the bat. I hope they get her the hell away from the Street Profits as quickly as possible. Yeah, like you don't have to break them up. You don't have to do any of that stupid stuff. Just find a way. To just like slowly drift her away from them. Yeah, it's kind of like when they were when they had Naomi just like following around the Usos just for just for the sake of doing it. And it's like you don't need to do that because this woman was just like a absolute beast in NXT. It's like let her actually work against the division. You don't want to put her against somebody like Becky Lynch right now just because there's fear of how you book that, of course, and they're they're still riding the high Becky Lynch's character, but you absolutely got to get her in the in the thick of things, and maybe doing a Belair versus uh, Nia Jax uh, feud is the way to go. Yeah, but the problem with that is neither woman can afford to take a L. If we want to be honest, true. Because it's like Nia just came back. You got to reestablish her as a monster, and Bianca just got here, so you got to establish her as credible. Yeah, they got some. They got some stuff to work out for sure. Definitely got some stuff to work out. But yeah, that's the women's division. Looks good. We should have a good, solid program between Charlotte and Io Shirai. Also, I don't see it as heel versus heel. I see it heel versus Tweener with Tweener versus with Io playing whatever role is necessary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they're going to move the hell out of Charlotte in NXT, and I'm going to love it. <laughs> That's true. Yep. But after that match, we got a nice little recap to where the Prince has been lately for the past, what, two months? Yeah. He's uh, been across the pond. Had some run-ins with Imperium, defeated Alexander Wolf, and is on a crash course to facing Walter. Yep, that match was supposed to either take place at this past TakeOver or TakeOver Dublin, neither of which events are happening. So thus, WWE has put a pause on things. But it's clear, once they resume UK tapings and everything, they're going to build towards Walter Finn. It's going to be very interesting. 
I don't know who wins that one. I think it's Finn. I think once it actually happens, I think you got to give it to Finn for the simple fact that uh, um, just because I, I was sold on Finn actually being the one to hand Walter his first loss when he talked about building brands. He's the longest running NXT champion and was the first ever universal champion on Raw, became uh, Intercontinental champion, all the other stuff, and then came back to NXT and then he's, they called him out of NXT UK. So it was like, all right, it's time for me to build this brand. So that's that's how I took it. Fair. Very fair point. My whole thing is, is it really time to pull the belt off of Walter? Well, he's had it for a while now, right? Yeah, Pete Dunn also held the thing for damn near two and a half years, too. True. Very fair point. And it's a new it's a, still a relatively new belt. Because okay. if I'm not mistaken, the only champions are literally Tyler Bate, Pete Dunn, and Walter. Yeah. They've all I had... guess if you want more eyes on the brand, who's going to put more eyes on the brand? It would be Finn, right? Yeah, it would be Finn. Finn would definitely give you more eyes to the brand. But I guess, you know what? You pull it off, Finn holds it for like four months, six months. Walter gets back, you kind of run that back a little bit longer. Yeah, okay, I'm not opposed to that. Because this has been like this has been Finn's best run, like absolutely, like the man's on fire from a promo standpoint, from everything. The man is like killing it. Hey, the prince don't miss. Doesn't he? Does not miss. So that's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Only problem is we're gonna have to wait a while. Yeah, we gotta wait a while for that one to kick off. NXT UK for the foreseeable future because while they have a PC in the United Kingdom, they haven't been able to use it. So it's gonna be interesting to see what happens with the NXT NXT UK brand. Over the coming weeks, I know they're probably going to do a bunch of best of shows and like catch up shows. Right, right. In the interim, we just have to wait. Takeover Dublin got pushed back to October. That's six months from now. I don't think they're going to string out this uh, Walter Finn feud for six months without having the first title match. So it's just a way you see approach. Mm hmm. Speaking of waiting and seeing, this we talked about this in preview. We have the Punjabi Punishers. Are what? What are they officially billed as? Induce share. Yeah, induce share. The first representatives of Bivens Enterprises made their TV debut in ring this week, squashing somebody. Some team called Everrise, where I don't know where they come came from, but they entered second as well, which could be, I I don't know, I don't care, um, <laughs> but they were just guys that obviously got fed to this Malcolm Bevis tag team, and uh, they're pretty much just big, big, big guys, you know, big boots, throw like long throws to the corner, suplexes, whatnot. The match was fairly fast. I think I'm actually going to look at the ball game right now. Backbreaker to an elbow drop. 
I think that was it. <laughs> so um, they didn't show me much in the ring per se, other than they were supposed to be like this dominant tag team. But obviously, it went over some guys that we've that they should. We never heard of them. I think all the things that you see in this match that were relevant, whereas the it's like you can't turn away from whatever Malcolm Bivis is doing. <laughs> like his face is so noticeable good. on everything. Like for example, that entrance where they came in the ring, there's a shot where you see Bivens just kind of bopping from side to side in place. But the look on his face, you're like, I want to punch him. To the point where WWE on Fox's Twitter account was like, does anybody have a more punchable face in wrestling than Malcolm Bivens? And I don't think so. In NXT landscape, probably not. Like that little shimmy is so great. I keep rewinding it back and watching it. I'm trying to look up what what that name means, but I mean, induce is like a a river and Sure, it could be lion or tiger. I don't know. So what are we, river lions here? I don't know. I don't know. The name is a little bit more weirder to me because when they come out, it just said, well, Bivens comes out first, and then it comes out with uh, induced share. And I'm trying to see. Um, hopefully it gives an explanation of what they, what they, what uh, what that name means. Uh, but I think this is, well, in the landscape we're in now, they should be taping more content as we go. Um, news came out um, I believe Tuesday that we were going to get a cruiserweight um, title tournament for a what is the word I'm looking for interim interim champion just because Jordan Devlin is stuck across the pond well Pete Dunn is stuck across the pond as well maybe that happens with the tag team titles unfortunately so unless they just downright strip Matt Riddle or maybe he finds a interim partner or something like that. We might see something happen with the tag team landscape, which is very scary to think that these guys might have a title shot sooner than they should. Cause they're definitely still green. Yeah. So we'll get into the cruiserweight um, tournament in a second. I feel like they may, let's see. Are there like three legit tag teams at NXT right now? I oh, know, there's the, more now. Yeah, the Grizzled Young Vets, who I'm assuming are hopefully stateside still. Should be. They're doing uh, full duty at, at full sale. So, yeah, they should be. I would say vet, the veteran, Undisputed, um, Lorcan and Birch. Yep. And do share. Um, yeah, so that's four. If you want to count these Ever-Rise guys, um, you can. You got the Forgotten Sons called SmackDown, so they're out of the equation. Right. They're officially out of the equation. And, of course, there's always the opportunity to make some makeshift tag teams here, simply like what they did with Cedric Alexander and Ricochet. Um, I know – at one point, Raul Mendoza and Joaquin Wilde were a tag team. So, yeah, they're the back of a suburban somewhere, which we'll get into in a second. 
I mean, it's. I guess you do like a dusty classic, basically. Pretty much. Actually, what I was trying to avoid was doing a tournament and you just do a four way. Mm, like, I guess you can build that. Or five. Like you find some way to. Okay, you go UE, Grizzle Young Vets, Indu Share, Birch and Lorcan. How close is uh, Fandango? I don't think they're close at all. I don't think they're anywhere near close. Dango's injury was pretty bad. Well, yeah. All right. Yep. Tournament it is. (laughs) Yeah, I think there'll be some type of tournament of some sort. Which is fine because it allows you to get more content at a time where you sorely need content. This is true. Because they're supposed to be taping content through the middle of May over the next week at the PC. So maybe we get something fun. Maybe Pete, or sorry, maybe Matt Riddle does a segments where he gets like random tag team partners for a while. Um, but very much, uh, very well be looking at new tag team champions. Hell. Who knows? Maybe Pete Dunn finds a way to get back in the country. That's a hope. And maybe. We can hope for that. I don't know. I think there's some really strict travel bans going on. Yeah, but weirder things have happened because, again, the state of Florida is currently under a stay-at-home order, so I don't know how they're taping in the PC right now, how they managed to Deem themselves essential. There's ways, man. Dana White almost bought an island. Oh no, he said he's still going to buy the island. Okay, so even though UFC 249 is is canceled officially, we were very close to seeing Mortal Kombat. Because 249, he was going to do it on at an Indian reserve at a casino. But he talked about getting a private island as well and just flying everybody in. And I'm just like, that's not a good idea. Because what if one person has it, isn't showing symptoms? And then. All types of complications with that. Yep. Like, all you have to do is just cut everybody like a $50,000 check and just be done with it. Yeah. But Dana White's going to, you know, get half his roster messed up because apparently they got to be hurting for money to be going through this. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think the next thing we saw was Adam Cole pretty much belittling the Velveteen Dream. Um, we had two promos, back to I think almost back-to-back. Uh, Adam Cole pretty much given his weekly champion – Champions address Lindsay Velveteen Dream saying he's not worthy of being a champion and talking about all his accolades of being the longest reign NXT champion, being box office, being somewhat of a takeover guru. And it's all to say that Velveteen Dream eventually is going to get this title shot if they can tape it and do something workable in the next month 
we'll see that match for sure. Um, we also got to see a battered and belittled crying Rhea Ripley uh, just <laughs> distraught after losing the NXT. I didn't, I didn't mean to say it that bad, but just just distraught after losing the NXT title on all she could utter was, I didn't think she was that good. Which was interesting to say the least. Beat you though. Right. Pretty much. That's just she it's like you lost. Time to re up because you lost. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Time to re up because you took an L. So before we get into the main event, because I really have nothing to say about Rhea Ripley crying and yeah, Adam Cole. I'm enjoying these poolside promos. They're kind of fun. Very smug. Very smug. Which he, to be fair, has a very smug face and character. So, so brand. Yeah. So, yeah, we just got to wait and see. I'm assuming they're probably going to build this up. Next week, we'll probably get uh, Fish and all. Not Fish. O'Reilly. O'Reilly. I was thinking of Fish, whether or not he'll be gray or not, because that's always the question of the week. 105. 105 rating on 2K20. <laughs> Don't give me that gray hair fish, man. I defeated, baby. Nerfing everybody. Nerfing Goldberg, nerfing The Fiend. Nope, you almost got me there. You almost got me to go down the rabbit hole. <laughs> almost got me. But yeah. Yeah, I figured you do that. Then Roddy comes back around. Yeah, yeah, we could drag this out till May and then eventually figure out something out with a takeover, which I feel like is what they want to do at the end of May is like a takeover. Yeah, assuming everything is better by then, they def- we definitely got to see a takeover, uh, a real takeover card on a Saturday night since we didn't get that for Mania this year. And I'm, you know what? I'm willing to wait. For that feud, I'm willing to wait for that a little bit more because if we can get fans in the arena more or get fans back in the arena, rather, um, that would mean very big to see that type of match on that type of stage and what I uh, assume is going to be Velveteen Dream's big moment. Yeah, I'm definitely – I'm actually kind of willing to wait for all of these title programs just because they all will pop and be better. With a crowd. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, definitely went on way. You know what? And I know we're about to talk about the main event. I was fine with this match not ha- having a crowd. And um, we talk about the cinematic matches, the Boneyard match, Firefly Funhouse match getting a lot of love and praise from WrestleMania. And we're probably going to see a lot of cinematic uh, scripted matches going forward just because of uh, the times we were in. And I thought that added a different element. You know what? Another thing is I really didn't need the referee. I didn't need the referee either. It could have just been a fight in a remote location just, that just happens to have a ring <laughs> in the <laughs> arena. And uh, it could have just been a fight so somebody can't compete anymore. Um, so I know this is supposed to be We'll talk about it and what we think about it. It's supposed to be, quote-unquote, the last feud – or, sorry, last match between these two, Blackheart versus Riverheart. And I hope it's not because they can do this again in a better fashion. And really, the one – the biggest pet peeve I had this match was the commercial breaks. 
Like in a cinematic match, we shouldn't have to go to a commercial because it's like, well, what the hell is happening during the commercial? They're beating the bloody hell out of each other. I mean, come on. I need right. to see that. I need to see that. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> like, before can, we get into this, go can ahead. Can you imagine if Undertaker AJ Styles just like cut to like one of them like medicine commercials you see at late night? <laughs> the awkward commercial. Like with people dancing, but it's really got all these side effects in it. Can you, like, <laughs> like, can you imagine that? Like during that yes. second, or during the Firefly Funhouse match, that'd be terrible. No, I can imagine that during the Undertaker's match because then that'll explain how the take how Taker got up behind Styles on the John Deere and shocked him. Yeah, see, they just take a time to get out the ground and you know hobble around. Yeah, commercial break. Nah, see, I, that, that's the only time I would accept the teleportation. Because <laughs> the Undertaker and he's supposed to do stuff like that. I accepted teleportation from Undertaker in that moment. It I was, was the fine American with it. badass Undertaker. It wasn't Dead Man yeah. Walk. It wasn't the macabre. It doesn't matter. It, it's, it's still the same man. It's still the All same right. man. All like, right. he, you want to teleport, my man? You teleport. All like, right. I'm, not, I'm already dead. I'm not dying again. All right, so Clark can't run around here being Superman? See, I'm not going to get on this diatribe because I am definitely not a Superman fan. <laughs> All right, Bruce, Bruce Wayne went around the, being Batman? Sure. I mean, it's realistic. And I think Superman is the worst superhero of all, like, personally. It's because he does everything. <sighs> I'm going to skip over this. Not that Superman is a great hero, but I'm just going to skip over this for the sake of things today. Batman is a human being. Go out here just throwing hands, building gadgets. All right, so you know what? <laughs> Screw it. We, won't, we don't got to get in this diatribe right now. <laughs> we don't got to. All I'm going to say is Batman is a billionaire who took a couple karate classes and beats up on the mentally ill because he has parent issues. That's all I'm saying. Wow. All I'm saying. Wow. Take that back. The mentally ill? He doesn't the mentally ill? Joker, Penguin, Riddler. We are calling these men mentally ill now? They they had wow. Committing crime is an illness? Have you not seen their backstories? So if you're referring to the Joker movie that was very popular last year, I never saw it, but it doesn't just because you're mentally ill doesn't excuse you from committing I, crime. I didn't say it excused him. I just simply said this is a billionaire with too much free time who took karate and decides to go run around, beat up on the mentally ill, puts them in prison, gets them too out of prison, time. and then wow. beats them up again. Too much free time. Protecting your community is too much free time. We need more people to protect communities. All right, barbecue Betty. Have you seen Phoenix Jones? Phoenix Jones is a, uh, I think he was a, I think he got signed to UFC, but he was a guy that was actually dressing up in costume and attempting to fight crime in his neighborhoods. This is a real story. And he eventually got signed to the UFC. And I think, I don't know his record or anything like that though. I just rolled my eyes so hard. I have a migraine coming in. See, Batman inspires people, but you can can you can you shoot lasers out of your eyes and do all no, you can't do none of that. You can't fly. Can I be a billionaire? See, that's a different conversation. <laughs> We're done here. Conversation about generational wealth and all this other type of stuff. I mean We're it, done here. <laughs> Bruce uses his money for for good. We're not gonna act like he just a pompous. He he uses money for the good. He always handed out donations. All right, we're, we're done. You know what? We're done here. 
just going to leave this be. We're done here. So before we get into the main event and the beauty that is cinematic wrestling, you want to talk about the Cruiserweight Tournament? Yeah, I don't. Um, we can talk about that. I mean, I, I don't. I haven't uh, personally subscribed to the idea yet because I was so on board with uh, Devlin getting his just due. But since we're in this position in society now, it makes sense to have an interim champion in the states. That way, we can get more content. I understand that. Who do we think is going to be in this field? And I'm guessing it's going to be um, cruiserweight classic style. Yeah, so you know you got your usual Leo Rush you can count on Garza. I feel like might get bumped back down temporarily just real quick. You can count on Prince Pretty. Well, she got in there. Lorkin, Birch, Nice, basically the whole two hundred five live roster, like all your usuals. Probably Gallagher. Yeah, the new the new the new look Gallagher. Gallagher Punk, CM Gallagher. Yeah. Brian, Kira Chizawa. No, Brian Kendrick is still across the pond, last I checked. Yeah, basically it's your whole tool five roster. The more known names for Strickland. I feel like it's going to come down to Leo Rush winning it because the last time we saw Devlin was him telling Leo Rush, was him and Leo Rush. So why not run that back? You got you a nice little story built around it. And then we can give an undisputed NXT Cruiserweight champ. I'd like that. And it, once they do that, I don't think that Devlin should be penalized or punished at all for what's going on. He definitely still deserves to be a champion when all this is over with. So if they have those guys fight, we get a banger for a match. Let's continue with Saddle Ring because I think there was so much more story to be told with him coming over and defending this title with, against all these great cruiserweights. Oh, yeah, I'm sure this ends with Devlin still being champ. It's just like, all right, we got to do something in the interim. We don't know when or if you can come back. So, Just go ahead and set this up. You come back, we'll adjust on the fly, and we'll go to plan B or C. Yeah. Very interesting to see how they um... – how they do the field and how everything is seated uh, here in the near future. Yes, yes, yes. So on the Champa and Gargano, and I had to switch my station because I need to record SmackDown so I can watch that while I'm watching this match while I'm talking to you guys. It was a good match. It was exactly what you expect. These guys beating the the holy crap out of each other. A lot of good spots. Uh, Johnny Hurt trying to take out the knee of Ciampa. And I love the auditory aspects of this match with um, – I, I saw people on Twitter saying they, they hated the, the, like, the, like, the auditory aspect of this match. They thought it was cringe. They thought it was like Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair. And if you're referring – knowing what I'm referring to, I'm talking about, uh, I'm sorry, I love you, Superkick. And they felt like they're making every match like that. But I loved it when he was saying, uh, come on, harder NXT. And when Johnny was saying, hey, need another surgery? What's that? Second, third ACL surgery? I like hearing that when you fight. Because if these guys have so much animosity, that's natural. It's natural. So I like the nostalgia moments. I like the close-ups in the camera. I love the moment in the end of the match when we ultimately see um, Johnny had on a cup. 
No, it's not that. I'm sorry. When we see Johnny get low blowed by his wife and Champa actually showing some remorse to Johnny because he's like, damn, that like you, you losing your whole wife out here. I, I, I empathize with that because you were still my friend, but I still got to finish you off. That like their storytelling with each other is is impeccable, which is why somehow, some way they got to run this back again. At least that's how I feel. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. This is a pretty solid note to end it on. It's a great match. I know you mentioned you don't know why the ref was there. Fun fact, he was the ref during, I think, almost every Ciampa Gargano match, and especially going back to, like, the takeover against the Revival when they were DIY. Yeah, then during the turn. Yep. So it pays off. It's long term storytelling. This match was full of callbacks like you mentioned. Paid off everything. Paid off five years, six years of storytelling mm-hmm. between these two. I guess you could make the argument of just, well, when one man can't get up, the other one just walks out and it's done. No, nah, no. Nah. Need a ref to declare a clear winner. Nice and concise. For those that complained about basically them talking trash to each other the whole time. I mean, what did you expect? It's no crowd. It's cinematically shot. It makes sense because, like I said, it added another layer to things. Like, nothing was just done for the sake of doing it. All in all, great match. The commercials didn't bother me as much as they bothered you. Would it have been better if it was commercial-free? Sure. The match also started like 9.03, like three minutes after the top of the hour. And carried on. So it's like, if you really want to make somebody sit through an hour match, uh, it's tricky. But they didn't take away from me. It was great. Loved the storytelling. I honestly popped when Candice LeRae low-blowed Gargano because I was like, oh, this is the ultimate heel turn. This is perfect. I did not see this coming. And then she comes back and gives Chompa one. Then he pulls out the cup. And watching this match back now, looking at that brown bag that she handed him, yeah, I can clearly tell it's a cup now. See, I was glad that Candace did do that because the what we've seen recently when you involve real-life couples on television and then the wife turns on the husband usually doesn't end up well. And you know what I'm talking about. So I did not need to see another <laughs> feud where we know your real-life husband and the wife. It's like, oh, the wife is just unhappy with the husband. And I'm just going, I'm going to turn on him. No, I didn't, I didn't need to see that. So I was happy that. It was like a swerve. She came back and hit Chompa with the low blow. And then, yeah, that's a perfect way to end the match, if I'm being honest. It's a perfect way to end the match because he pretty much outsmarted Chompa. Every other time during this feud where Chompa was uh, antagonist, is that the villain? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, antagonist is the villain. Um, Ciampa was outsmarting Johnny or getting the jump on Johnny every time. So Johnny finally got the jump on him. And if you heard me on the last podcast, um, I'm pretty sure 
Um, I said that Johnny needed this more because if there's any superstar in history NXT that takes big losses and moves forward, it's Johnny Organo. But if you want me to buy this heel turn going forward, Johnny needed to win this match by any dirty-handed trick he can because Ciampa can probably overcome this. Even if they don't fight again officially in a match, I can definitely see Ciampa just attacking Johnny at random and just putting him through through hell or even putting him on the shelf, putting him on the shelf for a little bit in storyline mode, putting him on the shelf. I can definitely see that because uh, we know Ciampa still has other stuff to do with trying to get that NXT title back. I don't know where Johnny Gargano goes from here, though. I don't know what you do with this character going forward. Well, I'm glad you teed that up perfectly. You want to know where he goes? He goes right into the depths of hell with Killer Cross. Because for those that were watching the match, after the match is over, you see Johnny and Candace leaving. And if you look, they walk in front of a car where the window is clearly rolled down and you can see there are two people in the car. Those two people are Killer Cross and Scarlett Bordeaux. And they just stared a hole through those two. And then the camera went off on. Because you got to remember NXT two weeks ago, it was Triple H, Ciampa, Gargano on the ring. The show was ended by a promo from Cross interrupting them. On the preview special, I said that it's possible it will probably piss off the whole entire world that Killer Cross just shows up in the arena and just nerfs both of them. And that's how NXT ends. So it looks like Gargano has a date with Killer Cross, and it should be fun. Tell me something, because I'm I'm one of those guys that is not familiar with Killer Cross, as I'm sure there might be people who listen to this podcast who are not familiar with the character. So it sounds like you're telling me Killer Cross is a babyface, because it sounds like he would be a heel to me. No, he is a heel. Okay. He is a heel, but he can play a tweener slash babyface. The best way to describe Killer Cross's character is, I, I really don't want to make this comparison, but Randy Orton, like he's just Randy best Orton as is a, a heel. Great comparison. He's just best as a heel. Or if you just stick him in that role of just, I don't really care. I'm just here to do whatever I want. Okay. But yeah, like you can make Killer Cross a baby face. It ain't going to do it for a lot of people. Right. Much like Orton, it's just, he has to be a heel. I feel that. So, when you look at the and, and without watching them, there's so many, there's so many great storytelling with these two. Um, was this their best performance that they put on together, Chop and Gargano? Um, it's top three. I think it's probably number three. I'm a little partial to the last man standing in the unsanctioned fight. Yeah. Yeah, they definitely. It's like, it, for me, it's got like, I, and this was great. The only, only real issue I have is the commercials. I like that they went to a remote location and love the cinematic part of it. But when you have the, the fans in the arena and then I think the, uh, it wasn't even the last man standing. I think it was a takeover a couple of years ago. Um, that was money. Um, I, I don't know how you keep these guys away from each other. Cause even when Kevin and Sammy eventually both got to the main roster at the same time, you had those guys fight. You had those guys continue to fight. It's cause it just, it just works. They, they're the perfect dance partners for each other. 
yeah, but even then, you still found a way to keep them apart from each other. I feel like the more they tried to keep Sammy and Kevin apart, um, the more they joined them together. Like even with the with the angle with them just attacking everybody and they were going against Shane McMahon, the authority and all that type of stuff and ended up getting fired from the company. It's like, it, 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 that, I think that was the, the dawn of Sammy turning heel back then. It's <laughs> pairing him with Kevin Owens again. So, I mean, I, I think this is one of those things where like, you'll always see these two around each other in some capacity. Yeah. 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 And I'm not mad at it. I think it just works. I think it definitely works for these two to just be around each other. And I think that's how you have longevity for both of their careers. Overall, I think it was definitely um, to end Mania weekend and have that on a Wednesday night. That was perfect. Couldn't ask for, for a better like week of wrestling. Yep. Definitely great note, great end. And honestly, I'm kinda glad we didn't get a takeover. Because if I got this on a takeover and had to sit through some of the stuff they gave us at Mania, I'd been more upset than usual. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. But I mean, I guess, what, what do we think we got on next week's NXT then? Next week's NXT, we have the official debut of Killer Cross, I feel like. And then, let's see. You probably have the fallout from Gargano Ciampa, which leads in the cross, debuting and laying out Gargano. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll get a Charlotte Flair appearance. We should yeah, get that's the for sure. first round of the Cruiserweight tournament, or at least the announcement of the participants. And hopefully more Malcolm Bivens. Got to give me more Bivens. Bivens will be, or sorry, Bivens will be the gift that keeps on giving. Yes, he will. Because. Just like when Montez Ford was wilding out in the ring time and time again, I bet that's going to be Malcolm. And we're going to love it because, again, the man knows how to put himself in the right spot and give us quality entertaining moments. Knows where the camera is. Knows exactly where it is. And that's all we can ask. Definitely. So that's all I guess that's all we got for this week's NXT. I mean, we got some good stuff to look forward to um moving forward. Uh we'll have some, hopefully some good action in the next couple of weeks as they continue to tape stuff. And there's a lot of feuds to be made from this. So I really can't complain. We got content. Yeah, definitely. And that's all we asked for because we were on this show last week say they might have to take a break. They might not be able to get anything filmed. So yeah, looks like they're filming business is boom. Well, business is business. (laughs) 
looks like we'll be still on pace to be here next week, which means, hey, guys, you get us again for another week. Not canceled. Not canceled and in the same spot. Still here, baby. Still here. I think, I think I think it's also time to start getting some people on the, on the podcast. Let's get some people. Let's let's let's, let's invite some smoke. Uh, definitely, you know. Again, most of the country is quarantined. I feel like we should be able to get a few people on. Yeah, why not? So you know, that's what we're gonna work on for you guys. So you know, just be prepared. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> just be prepared because we got a couple tricks up our sleeves. Absolutely. Although, I will say this. There's one thing I want to see is what does the women's division outside of Io Shirai become and do it themselves now? Yeah, you got to see how everybody else, everybody else is kind of just hovering around in the same place. So, got to get some people to stand out. I'm interested to see how they build that as well. Shoot out some new feuds, you know, something. Another thing, actually, I didn't mention this, but... um. We don't talk about it a lot, but on main event, Aaliyah actually wrestled Natty. So, I mean, there's a lot of people interacting with the Raw and SmackDown brands. I know Natty was lobbying for Aaliyah to be called up to one of the brands. So, we might start seeing more of that. Uh, you just want to end this on a depressing-ass note, huh? I, I don't know why that's depressing. I'm just calling out that more people are interacting with Raw and SmackDown. So... No, no, you caught out Aaliyah. The reason more people are interacting is because you are taping from the PC where you have all your NXT recruits. And if you're doing squashes and everything else, you don't necessarily want to feed certain people. So you feed some of the bottom tier NXT that we'll all forget about. And then people like Aaliyah, you get them in the ring with somebody like a daddy just so you know what you really have. Oh, okay. Because like I said, I feel like Natty is one of those people. Like Tyson Kidd was one of those people. I feel like Cesaro is one of those people. Daniel Bryan is like, hey, real quick, just going to throw you in this little quick five, ten minute long match. Let me know what you think of them. Are they worth it? Are they good? Do they have the potential? Like, what's what? That's true. So so let's end it on a positive note. All right. Since, since you didn't like the Aaliyah thing. I opened up Twitter. <clears throat> I see a tweet from Johnny Gargano. This is how we ended. Stop going after Candace. What she did makes her a hero. Giving me the cup ensured a future lineage of wrestling royalty will be produced. She did it for you. She did it for WWE. She did it so Triple H can be there at the birth, ready to point at the adorable little future goat. This man went full hill. Yep. That's Full Hill, and it's putting his wife over and trying to protect her character, but we know his wife is going Full Hill as well. So that's what we can go with. And maybe, ah, man. All right, I think I'm here for Hill Hill Gargano now. I I, I think I'm with it. A little louder, please. I think think I'm okay with the Hill Gargano now. See, first it was just the white shoes, but now I I, I think I can deal with it now. Told you, give it some time, let it cook. Yeah, it's cooking a little bit, it's better. I think if his wife has joined him in this heel turn, they just do dastardly, like underhanded things to get him wins. That makes more sense to me. 
pleasure. So, that's a good note to end it on. But I just got one little thing for you. What if Gargano comes out next week, does that whole bit, and Candace is like, no, no, I just did what I had to do to save you from yourself, and walks off. And they keep her face, or they try to keep her face. I mean, they can they, they can do whatever they want to keep her face. I think it'll be just like we saw with her coming back and attacking Ciampa late. It'll just be like a slow a slow maturation, if you would, till she does, like, something really bogus. <laughs> I think the really bogus thing would be maybe turning on Tegan Knox, something like that. Could be. Only time will tell. But in the interim, have no fear, guys. We'll be here every week for you. I think we might go twice a week now. What you say, Seth? We get we, okay. we give you that Wednesday preview, and then we wrap it up and give you that Saturday morning audio dope. Yeah, I'm with that, man. Like I said, we, we ain't got nothing to do but produce quality content for you you guys. Uh, make sure you guys are tagging us on Twitter. If you guys have questions, anything like that. If you guys want to bring anybody on in particular, shout them out. Let them know they got going to Believe in XD Podcast. And make sure everybody is also uh, downloading, subscribing everywhere that they get their podcasts. Yeah, man. Twitter is a powerful tool. All it takes is a couple app, a couple apps during the right time of day, and you can be in a whole nother world doing things that you didn't think was possible exactly and we know that all too well because in our in, in our genesis we found out that mark mel was really white and he yeah. confirmed it literally almost, five almost immediately literally a, fit, a 10 minute conversation we had one day was all wrapped up yeah let's use the power of twitter to bond us with more people in the rest of the world to bring them on the believe in xc podcast because like you know like jacob knows always and forever we want all of the smoke Yes, sir. So make sure you follow us on Twitter. I'm at underscore J Della. Set is at said underscore says at C E double D underscore S A Y S. And last but not least, the network that has yet to cancel us or tell us to stop saying that we might get canceled, the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. They are at Believe Podcast on Twitter, at Believe Podcast, and at Believe Sports on Instagram. Is also at Believe Pop Culture or at Believe Culture as well on Instagram. Just go to Believe Podcast on Instagram. It'll show you all the sub handles that we have for you. Believe.com. Click on shows 250 plus. Hey, quarantine man. Go and check some out. Like said, said, subscribe to us. Apple, Spotify, Google Play. All that good stuff. We appreciate all of you guys listening to us, downloading, sharing, telling a friend, retweeting us, and everything that you guys do. Because if it wasn't for you, we wouldn't have this show. So thank you. We got some guests coming. We're working on it. And uh, until next week, said you got anything else? That's all I got, man. Y'all be safe out there. Make sure everybody's practicing safe social distancing. But check on your loved ones. Make sure you wash your hands, staying sanitized, so we can get out of the situation and back to normal. Exactly. In the modified words of Samuel L. Jackson, stay your ass home. <laughs> See, I tried to say a little bit more kosher, but that that gets the point across as well. No, nah, I'm I'm essential personnel for my job, and yeah, just stay home, people, please. That's all I ask. And be on the lookout for this this mania recap we're gonna do. I don't know when we're gonna do it. We're gonna recap mania because we got we gotta let me get off my bars about the Firefly Funhouse match. That's yeah, gonna happen. I think mania. Oh, nope, mania's finally ended. But yeah, we Not got that coming long. for you next week too. So sit back Sorry. and relax. 
And we'll wait. be back before you even know it. Exactly. Wait there, content. Until next time. Out of here.